Hey, everybody. Happy Keon Keeley Day for those who celebrate. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. This is uh, your team every day. And, uh, hey, let's, I'm trying something new, and I screwed that up, so I'm just going to pretend like I'm starting over. Hey, everybody, welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Pretty good, pretty good. We are your team every day. Me and you, not Alabama, me and you. <laughs> that's right, we are your team. Uh, Jimmy, Keon Keeley, we've all been sitting around – on pins and needles, walking on eggshells, um, eating chicken skins, whatever all the different things that you say uh, uh, about waiting for something or uh, tiptoeing around something. We've been waiting for Keon Keeley to decommit from Notre Dame. And as luck would have it, he decommitted last night as we were cutting this very podcast. Um, Keon Keeley, one of the top probably five to 10 players in the country, if not the top player in the country, defensive end out of Florida, if you don't know, been committed to Notre Dame for about a year. Um, He was the one that sort of started the new Notre Dame coach, Marcus Freeman, hype train in terms of what he can do when it comes to recruiting. But now he's decommitted. And uh, I would say it's practically a foregone conclusion he's going to commit to Alabama. Is this true? Um. I'm not going to use the word foregone conclusion, but I will say this, that Andrew Bone, our outstanding recruiting analyst at Bama Insider, uh, within 30 to 40 minutes of uh, the report that Keon Keeley had decommitted within 30 or 40 minutes, Andrew Bone had RPM'd uh, Keeley to Alabama. So that should show you uh, his confidence, and he's got a really good batting average. So I'll just use that as – Exhibit A in my case that uh, I believe Keon Keeley will be at Alabama, but I don't believe a commitment would be imminent. Um, I think he's going to make some visits, multiple visits through the season, uh, uh, even to Alabama, uh, maybe in October. And uh, and then, them, uh, you know, the decision will be after that. But I feel really good about it and uh, really it'd be unbelievable. Uh, I'm not going to say he's Will Anderson because that's kind of like saying – you know, uh, you know, my, my, my uncle is an excellent driver. He's a lot like Jimmy Johnson. I mean, I mean, it's, it's like comparing anybody to Will Anderson is, is just unfair. But I, I, I say that Keon Keel type of ceiling. I mean, he, he, he can be in his class, the best pass rusher in the country. Uh, great kid too, uh, super kid. That's why I was so locked into Notre Dame for a while. Notre Dame tends to recruit pretty good kids. And uh, Keeley's sort of that all-American Notre Dame type. Uh, And the kids like him a lot, too. I don't know if everybody noticed, but, man, a lot of Alabama commitments were chiming in last night, kind of celebrating the news. And Richard Young, I think, had tweeted at one point, you know, hey, watch me flip Keon Keeley to Alabama, you know. Uh, Of course, they're both from Florida. So, Every Alabama fan should be super excited about Keon Keeley. He he is a uh, he's a big time dude. You know Caleb Downs. You know we were so excited about Caleb Downs as being a, this great safety prospect. I think Keon Keeley is a pass rusher 
is the equivalent of Caleb Downs as a safety. Wow. Um, and considering there's still a lot of other big time uh, defenders on the board that would be at least in the area code of his position, like a Quay Russell, uh, James Smith wouldn't be where he'd play. But I mean, if you can partner up a Quay Russell, a James Smith, and a Keon Keeley, uh, not to mention uh, Jordan Renaud, not to mention Edric Hill, who's going to be committing on Monday. Um, sheesh. Uh, look, it's not going to ease the pain necessarily of losing like Peter Woods, assuming he does not eventually uh, flip to Alabama or ease the pain of um, Kelby Collins, but it kind of eases the pain a little bit. Well, I mean, I guess people can still complain about defensive line because uh, people uh, are going to complain about something, right? And, and it is true, Alabama does. That's the one position. If you go through position groups look you've knocked it out of the park at quarter slam home run out of the stadium at running back uh, wide receiver i think they're going to try to add one more uh you've already got the top juco receiver who may be the best receiver on the team next year uh you've got a, a really good tight end prospect you've got five offensive linemen uh the defensive backfield group is already the best in the country you're working on making it maybe the best of all time uh if you add keely now you got keely and yanze Pierre outside, and, and, and Rousseau hasn't even committed yet. He's leaning to Alabama. But on the defensive line right now, you just have Hunter Osborne. Uh, Edric Hill is, is committing Monday. I think we all know that Alabama is his likely choice. So after Monday, you probably have Osborne and Edric Hill. But that position group would be behind the others. But it is what does that say when Alabama signs the number one class in the nation and it's unbelievable except at one spot and focus oh this isn't any good you didn't do any good at this spot that's sort of like I say all the time we're not spoiled we're ruined <laughs> yeah you can't sign an A plus class at every single position who's ever done that ever anywhere at any time who's ever done that? Never get it's the standard. I mean, come on. It's especially impressive when you think of how out of touch Nick Saban is with the, today's youth. <laughs> he um, is. He is. And how, and how Alabama can't possibly compete in this NIL world with the Texas schools and what Miami's doing and Tennessee and their $8 million quarterback. Uh, Alabama can't compete. Well, number one sounds pretty good. You know, you, you bring up Tennessee and the $8 million quarterback, and I, I just – immediately had this thought. I don't know why this hadn't come to me before. You know what Tennessee and their $8 million quarterback is like to me? Uh, because their class is, is pretty good. It's, it's a nice class, shaping up nicely. It's a nice class. But it's almost like if you're playing Monopoly and you have um, only so much money, you're like, I'm spending all my money on Boardwalk. I'm just taking a shot on Boardwalk. And then, meanwhile, I'm I'm you know buying up St. Charles Place. I've got Marvin Gardens. I've got Pacific Avenue. I've got the railroads. I got the utilities. And so the chances are you're going to land on one of my properties. Now, if I land on Boardwalk, I, I'm going to get hurt. But if you land, you're going to land on mine a lot more than I'm going to land on one of yours. So, uh, Jimmy, we need to tell everybody about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the place to go to get that bet in. This particular podcast is sponsored by BetOnline. That's how awesome they are. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every single 
uh, phone call that I'm getting in the middle of a live read. <laughs> Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They got you covered. Bet Online is where the game starts. For those who have not noticed, Jimmy is using a new laptop to do this. He brought a, a new laptop and a new hamster to run the laptop. And I like the fact this the symbolism is not lost on me that he's dang near angelic in the background with this. I don't know why the lighting is. I'm it's in like you're on the set of Jimmy Almighty. <laughs> I don't. And, and the, here's the I mean, I guess it's I mean, I, I, it's it's in the condo and there's no lights on in here. So it's just sunlight from from the condo. I guess it's just your I, natural goodness. Uh, the sun um, follows me everywhere I go. Ever since we have. Nick Saban at Alabama, the sunshine just follows me. That is true. Um, so let's talk about something we brought up yesterday. A couple of injuries. Uh, Jordan Battle. Um, Jordan Battle, uh, he turned an ankle, uh, you know, mildly sprained an ankle. We're not sure yet, but apparently he's going to be okay. He was carted off, um, which scared a lot of people. Now, I also made mention yesterday, full disclosure, about um, I had – a contact at practice yesterday and he made mention to me that uh, there could be a defensive player that would be out for a, a few weeks. He got confused. He got very confused. It is not a defensive player. It is somebody you already know. It is Cameron Latu maybe out a little bit longer. That's all. That's all I'll say about it because it was a mistake, but because I brought it up here, I felt like I needed to clarify it. Um, and again, that's just me trying to get you guys the information I can every night again, something's going to be wrong. That guy, uh, may not necessarily follow Alabama the way we do. And even though he has all this incredible access, which is, I mean, isn't that the way it is? Um, you know, uh, a family friend of ours is one of the richest people in the state of Alabama. I will leave him unnamed, but um, I'll tell a quick story. I know that they hate when I do this, but I'm going to do it. He, this particular, oh my God, your whole, every, yeah. light, every for those who don't know, every light in Jimmy's. I thought it was an eclipse. I thought it was an eclipse. Okay. So this particular gentleman, who uh, is, again, one of the wealthiest people in Alabama. Not not kidding. Uh, he went to Crystal's several years ago here in Alexander City. And he went to Crystal's and he ordered a very specific order of something like, uh, you know, I want five Crystal hamburgers, extra mustard, but absolutely no pickles and a Diet Coke. And he walks out with his order. He gets to his car. And meanwhile, like this troop of nuns or a, a, a football team or something comes in. And like the line now is incredibly long. And so he looks in his order. They give him extra pickles, no mustard, and a Diet Dr. Pepper. And so he's like, okay, let me go get this straightened out. But he can't wait in the line that's inside the store. So he goes. He's not a very tall man. He goes to the uh, drive through window, and the window is up here about to his eyeballs. And he says, ma'am, I just wanted to let you know, as he puts his chin over the thing, he says, ma'am, I, I got my uh, – you got my order wrong. And she said, sir – can you see how many people we got here? I ain't got time to be messing with you. And he took his fist and said, I just want my order fixed. And she slammed the, the window and he just left. And as my dad said, 
The next day, if I had as much money as you, they'd be talking about that blank space where that huge explosion was after I fired that cannon at that crystals. They'd be talking about that blank space where crystals used to be. Because what I would do is blow up that whole thing and buy it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I don't know why. Buy it first. You should buy it first, by the true. way. Buy true. it first. True. You'll avoid at least I don't know what legal liability. That's my uh, lawyer argument. I will say that when you said just the words Alabama fans, I got really nervous. <laughs> well, no, that was Jeff Berger back in Auburn in 1987, I think it was. Uh, I was talking about the Auburn I was talking about the 2011 incident in New Orleans, Crystals. Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's very fair. There was an incident. Sackgate is what that is. <laughs> there was um, an incident. So anyway, that that's it for the injury situation. Um, I have no idea what spurred that story, and I'm very sorry to the good people at Locked On and Tegna. They hate it when I tell my stories, but every now and again, I'm going to do it just because that's kind of what I do. Um so, Jimmy, we're going to go ahead and take another break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about a very special honor for the one and only and very svelte Jaheim Otis. All right. So Jaheim Otis was just named preseason freshman All-American by 24-7. Again, I can't imagine an honor that means any less because just like we talked about yesterday on the podcast, we hate these Jim Thorpe watch lists. We hate the Heisman watch list. We hate the Davey O'Brien watch list. Because why not just watch everybody and then do it? And you don't have to be you don't have to be on the watch list to win the award. So it means nothing. It's 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 it's, it's not like we even if I would hate it, Luke, if they said, okay, we've narrowed it down to three hundred finalists. I would be like three hundred finalists. I mean, that would be. But that would be better than, hey, here's 300 names. And whether whether your favorite player is relevant, because even if you're not on the list, you can still win. So yeah. why are you giving us the list at all? Like you said yesterday, just list every defensive back in the sport. I mean, just do that. If, and not if even list, list something. Not even the starters, because what could happen, uh, a starter could get, Jordan Battle could get hurt, and Terry on Arnold takes his spot. I mean, I'm just throwing a name out. And yeah. let's say Terry on Arnold sets the world on fire. Well, he wasn't on your watch list because nobody thought he was starting. It's so stupid. I can't you know, even. Jaheim Otis is unlikely to start this fall, not with DJ Dale returning and Byron Young and, and Justin Boyby and Tim Smithy. I don't think Otis is going to jump in front of those guys, but is he going to play? All indications right now are, yeah, yeah, he's going to play and probably play some first-team snaps. Hard to believe you can – be a freshman All-American just playing a handful of snaps, but I'm, I think it's awesome because who's not rooting for that? All rooting for him. Well, let, let's put it this way. Do you think, and I don't remember, I just have to assume, Jalen Hurts was postseason freshman All-American, if there is such a thing. He was SEC Had player of the year. He was an SEC but, player of the year, so I hope so. So – and the the odds that he was on any of these watch lists is slim to none. Right. He didn't even start the first snap. As we know, Blake Barnett started the USC game. It's just Jalen Hurts won the job when he came in. From off the top of my head, I would say he came in about the fourth series. 
And uh, Blake Barnett had not moved the team, had not done well. And if I remember right, Jalen Hurts came in on about the fourth series and fumbled the first Humble. snap. <laughs> and then uh, and then it sort of all got better from there. Like I said, a, a true, I mean, it's hard to imagine. So many things have happened so fast now in the Nick Saban era. There's so many things to celebrate. So many, like, you've got to be kidding me moments. But how about that? A true freshman quarterback winning SEC player of the year. Uh, I doubt that had ever happened before. And I don't think it's happened since. I don't think it's happened since a true freshman, like some redshirt freshman. Now, did did Johnny Menzel win it when he was a true freshman? I mean, a, a redshirt no. freshman. He was a redshirt freshman. Was he SEC Player of the Year in 2012? No, I think uh, probably Amari Cooper. Oh, was. Heisman. Oh yeah, yeah. Did uh, Cooper? No, you're right. Was he a redshirt freshman? I think yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah, I guess he was. Uh, and J- Jameis Winston won the Heisman as a redshirt freshman. Yeah. I guess they did that in back-to-back years because Manziel was 12 and Winston was 13, right? That's right. So that's that's unbelievable. But Jalen Hurts was SEC player year as a true freshman. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Manziel won it in – did he win it in 13 or win it in 12? I think he won it in 12 because it, it, it was beating Alabama. I think you're right. Yeah, he had to win it in 12. No, yeah, yeah Manziel won it. 13, yeah, you're right. Was, you're right. He was like suspended or something for a game or two. And That's right. 13 is when it all started going real sideways for him. And by the time the draft had rolled around, there were even – I mean, I think in 12, everybody loved Johnny Manziel. And then in 13, everything started going sideways for him. And by the time he had won the Heisman, he was even quite unpopular. Uh, I mean, I mean – by the time by the time of the NFL draft in 2013, there were questions about his character that, that weren't even popping up in 2012. But, but in 2013, they were. So he didn't win the Heisman. Winston did. Uh, Manziel did have a pretty good year, and I think AM won a handful of games. But they lost. They either beat or lost to Duke yeah. in their team. So it couldn't have been that good of a year. That's right. Uh, it's funny. I remember 2012 and, and or excuse me, 2013 and the 2013 A&M game very well because um, that is one of the times I think it was called Coach's Corner. I can't remember what it, what I did, but I did a, a show with Coach Bill Oliver uh, where we basically announced the game as the game was going on. Like the game is on CBS. And we were with, you know, there's a big crowd of people at Willow Point Golf and Country Club watching it with us. And we are talking about the game as it's going on on TV. So it's almost like we're taking the place of who then would have been Gary and Vern. And I'll, I'll never forget it because if you remember, that game lasted forever uh, because there was so much school. I think it was like 50 to 48. Huh? It's like 50 to 48 or something. I think it was 49 42 was the final. But there were so okay. many. I mean, like, remember there was a 94-yard touchdown to Mike Evans on like a third and 20 or something. Um, but about midway through the third quarter, Bill Oliver, who I love dearly, nice, super dude, he was about on empty in terms of just give out, tired, ready to go home. And, I, you know, I was counting on him to be my the color guy. And I remember like saying, oh, you know, what a play here. What do you think about that coach? You go, yeah, that was a good one. And I'd go, you know, I could literally get anybody else. I didn't need Bill Oliver. I could have Bill Smith tell me that. <laughs> so I can't um, imagine as a, a defensive guru as, Bill, as as brother Bill Oliver was, uh, him uh, 
watching was, that offensive uh, explosion and him being very uncomfortable and wanting to go home makes a lot of sense to me. I can imagine him going, is anybody going to play defense here? I mean, is defense a thing at all anymore? One more thing I want to talk about today, and I, this is, again, not it has to do with Alabama, but not necessarily. Iyaba Noma has now transferred to the University of Michigan. I want to ask you this. Has there been another guy that didn't work out at Alabama that um, that you thought had as much potential as this guy did and, and may never tap it? I mean, you know, you can talk about Alfano, but he – I mean, he, he – I don't even know if he's playing football anymore. Um, I think so. Uh, now, Alvin Kamara, I guess he was on the path to be that, but he ended up tapping into his potential and being a good dude. I'm not saying Yaba Noma is not a good dude. I'm saying that he goes to Alabama, he goes somewhere else. I can't even – Houston? Houston. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to T. Martin? Yeah, that's right. I think – well, he was kicked out of Alabama and, and kicked out of Houston. It appears – I don't know the details, but it appears that the moment – he got his summer qualified for graduation. He just jumped in the portal to go play big time football as a grad transfer. That's uh, what it looks like. I don't believe he was kicked out of UT Martin. I, I would be, I mean, I know big time football is kind of gross at times, but I don't believe Michigan would have taken him had he been kicked out of UT Martin. No, I, agree I, think, I think he just portaled out as a, as a grad transfer. And if that's the case, uh, I'm really happy for the kid that he turned things around because the odds of you turning things around after being removed from two universities are uh, not good. I mean, the, 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 the hit rate on, uh, on players that have been kicked out of two places is uh, it's not a good batting average. I'm going to be irritated if he turns out to be really good for Michigan because I mean, I we, we all would. I'm for him as a train's passing by. I mean, I've had every kind of yeah. ring that you, every kind of bell. Um, but it, it's man, I, I thought he was going to be the next thing, I, and he still might. And God bless yeah, he, him, he may be. You know who he's like? Is uh, I mean, Keon Keeley as a prospect is very similar to Anoma in terms of his build and his ex- burst and explosion. I think they're sort of similar. Guys, now Keon Keeley, not not saying that Keon Keeley's this Eagle Scout. I mean, he's got a 3.9 GPA at a private school, you know, in Tampa and was committed to Notre Dame like after his sophomore year. Uh, so they're very different kids at this stage of their development, but physically, in terms of their size and their skill set, uh, kind of similar kids. And I think I talked about this on the show before. Uh, even though he was at UT Martin and was uh, an all-star performance last year at UT Martin, I think nine and a half sacks, uh, the Senior Bowl was seriously considering inviting, and that has nothing to do with Alabama. I mean, Senior Bowl has no connection to Alabama. In fact, and here's the connection, uh, Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl, is in charge of, of all that. He's a Michigan guy, and, uh, well, Anoma's at Michigan. <laughs> but, but Nagy at the Senior Bowl was very high on him. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Got a scrimmage this weekend, and uh, can't wait to hear about it. We'll talk about that next week. Roll Tide.